Hello, my friend. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 1 of the Jet Movement Podcast. I'm Coach Jeremy Hirschkorn. I'm the owner and lead instructor at Jet Movement Academy in Bellingham, Washington. Uh, This is the first episode uh, to kick off our new season, Season 3. And today, we're going to be talking about why our food is effed up. All right, so it's pretty clear that the state of um, that we're in with uh, the American diet um, is screwed up. It's it's flawed and it's a it's a disaster. It's a crisis. Uh, it really is bad, um, and it's leading to it's led us to all of these other problems. You know, various cancers and heart disease and diabetes, and the list goes on and on and on. And also, uh, you know, obesity and, and how we're really seeing a lot of uh, the negative effects of all of this stuff really culminating with the COVID-19 pandemic um, because it's just making it extremely hard for people to fight this virus um, because their bodies aren't ready for it. They're, they're not healthy. Um, even people who are trying actively to be healthy and eat right and exercise um, are having a tough time with it. Um, and I want to get into the details of um, why I think that's happening. Uh, before we really dive into the details here, I just want to thank everybody who listens to this podcast. I appreciate you being here. Um, I would even more appreciate it. I would love it if you could drop us a like, um, if you could comment and share, uh, because that helps um, spread the, the podcast, get more listeners, um, and hopefully deliver you know more and more value and inspire more people. Um, so if you could do that, I I really appreciate it. The ultimate would be is if you left us a review, that would be the best. Um, so the biggest problem that I see when I when I step back and look at the American diet, the problem that I have personally with this, this is my own struggle, um, is conflicting information on what is good for us and what is bad for us. Um, you could be someone who is really, really driven by science uh, and still be misled on this. Um, there's, a, there's a lot to dig into when you look at, you know, studies of what to eat and what not to eat. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit when we get into, um, we'll talk about marketing and advertising and how that plays a huge role in it. Um, so yeah, just that, 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 fl- that fight, that conflict between, you know, this is good for you and this is not, but is that true? You know, we're, we're being, you know, we're being misled in our choices of what to eat when realistically, I think in the back of our minds, we really do know, um, what we should be doing. Um, but it's just getting harder and harder to, to follow that. We're traveling, you know, farther and farther away from what is real and what is good for us. Um, and that train, you know, I mean, in some aspects has been slowed down in the last decade, um, but is ultimately marching on. Um, it seems to me, you know, like when we look at things, there's so many different, you know, cry wolf situations where somebody is saying this thing so loudly that that isn't true, then you just, you lose faith in, you know, those, those aspects of our, our, our culture. You know, you've got, you know, oh, a doctor said this, you know, this came from a study from Harvard or all of these things. And then they get refuted and proven, not necessarily proven, but there's substantial evidence to the contrary that comes out later. So 
we keep going back and forth on all of these things and it, it just, it, it becomes nearly impossible to decipher. And that I believe is why, you know, why we're in a, we're in a food crisis is because of that, you know, that constant, you know, battle back and forth, you know, so I wanted to get into what got us here. Why are we here? Why are we in a food crisis? You know, what's the history of this? You know, and I think it, it goes hand in hand a lot with the with the industrial revolution and the ability to um, begin to mass produce things. And and um, that's usually, you know, as quantity of something increases, the quality of it goes down. And and that's that's step one in the wrong direction. You know, there were companies that would make, you know, some kind of uh, product that was highly sought after. And it would drive up the demand for that product. And then, you know, obviously dollar signs flash in your eyes when you have a high demand in your product, you got to figure out ways to make more of it and get it out there. A great example of that is um, Kellogg's flakes, okay, corn flakes. Um, when they first originated, and, I, and I, I'm fuzzy on the details of this, I'm recalling this story from years ago, taking a nutrition class, but um, I believe Kellogg were brothers in New York who developed cornflakes and it was an easy way um, to get, you know, some, some decent nutrients in your body in the morning, you know, in a, in a packaged, you know, cornflake and it blew up, you know, they were able to include some various um, vitamins and minerals in there um, to cover, you know, a lot of what you need at the beginning part of your day and people loved it and it tasted great and they wanted it, right? But what they realized was they couldn't keep it on the shelf very long and they certainly couldn't put it on a train from New York to L.A. and have it get there. It wasn't going to make it. So they really kickstarted this process of finding ways to preserve foods to last longer uh, to get there. You know, and, and that was, you know, not it didn't it wasn't a huge deal. Right. It wasn't like, oh, this makes this completely inedible and we know it's bad for us. But it started this snowball rolling of, hey, we can alter, you know, these natural, organic, whole foods. We can alter them a little bit and now we can mass produce them and ship them all over the country and we can make lots of dough, right? So it kind of was the initial grain of sand, right? And, and I think that is how a lot of these things get started. You know, it's not, hey, I'm just going to kick the door in. And I'm going to make a freaking plastic apple that you guys are going to love. It, it wasn't that. It's this, you know, we want to blame it on there's this one point in history where evil just took over and sent us these terrible foods that make us sick. It was like a chipping away process. That was, that was kind of the initial, you know, point. It was high demand and economics was, hey, let's try to meet this demand. And it started to change our foods in a very, very negative way. And it's just perpetually gotten worse over the decades since that happened over the last 100 years. You know, so part of that is a lack of knowledge. You know, they didn't know, you know, what the side effects or the consequences were going to be of changing these foods to get them, you know, where they needed to go, you know, and then of course, there's going to be some greed in there that's going to come in and, you know, somebody who's only concerned with making money, they don't care about humans at all. They're going to take these ideas and they're going to run with it. And they're probably going to be the more successful people, you know. And so as as the popularity rises of these certain products, 
those greedy people that only see dollar signs are going to come in and they're going to push it, you know, and, and they're going to make it more widespread and it's just going to be everywhere. So things like, you know, cereal and Coca-Cola and, you know, these different products that people, you know, really, really, you know, were hooked on quickly that were driven by, you know, maybe not greed, but, uh, you know, economics, we'll call capitalism. They were driven by that and a lack of knowledge of the side effects and created this perfect storm, you know, and then they become more readily available and more people want them and more people are paying for them. And then those companies make more money and they can produce more things and get their hands on other things. And you can start to see this web get bigger, you know, throughout history. And that spawned advertising and marketing and, um, you know, trying to push it more and more and more and more. And and now we've gotten to a point where we have very corrupt people in very high places and we've been conditioned to accept a lot of these products, you know, in, in my lifetime from the mid eighties, there hasn't, you know, there's, there's already a lot of these things in place, you know, different uh, preservatives and additives and alterations of food and genetically modified things and all that stuff was already kicking before I was even born. And so from day one, my mom had to, had to make choices as to what to feed me and navigate this world with very little information as to how to do it, you know? And so, yeah, I had McDonald's at an early age and I had soda every once in a while. And, you know, it was kind of coming from that place of not really knowing better. And then it becomes ingrained in your daily life. And now I have nostalgia around some of that stuff. You know, I see a a six pack of Mountain Dew. I'm thinking back to playing video games with my buddies um, and drinking six of those babies in a night, you know. And so that is um, that's a big problem. Right. That's already kind of ingrained in in our life. And so now as an as an adult, as a parent. I have to then break that cycle and I'm, you know, trying my best. It's a hard gig. I've got to try to break that cycle to help out, you know, my kid. So battling against um, the advertising and the marketing is, is going to be the hardest thing right now. And that's kind of what gave me the idea to, to, to kind of dive into this topic was looking at how things are advertised and marketed to us. A lot of things, um, get either glorified as a health food or demonized as bad for you when the the truth is neither of those things, you know? Um, you know, for example, the, the Got Milk campaign was humongous um, through the 90s when I was a kid. Got Milk posters everywhere. I have a Got Milk poster hanging in my gym right now. And after a while, we started to realize, yeah, that stuff's not actually that great to be drinking with, you know, two meals a day, every single day. And the reason is not because cow milk is bad for humans. The problem is the process that we use to get that milk and get it to a human, that process has destroyed the integrity of that nutrient. So it's not that, you know, goat milk is better for you or almond milk is better for you or a thousand other types of milk are better for you. It's that we've just completely destroyed the essence of what that thing actually is by the time it's gotten to your table. And that's where the problem is. That's happened with things like salt. Oh, sodium. We can't, you should just avoid sodium. It's going to kill you. Well, you actually need sodium. It's essential to the, some functions of your body to have sodium. The problem is 
we began to pack sodium into everything as a preservative early on. And then we realized, ooh, this triggers a reaction in people that they really, really like. Salty stuff really hooks people and they want to keep eating it. So now we have snacks that are doused in it and we're getting thousands of milligrams of this a day when that's not what we need. So it's not the nutrient in, the, in, in and of itself. It's what happens to the nutrient and then how it's given to us and how we ingest it that becomes the problem. If you were to eat, if you raised a cow and you butchered that cow and you ate a steak and you sprinkled some nice, you know, pink sea, Himalayan sea salt on that piece of steak, that is a healthy meal for you. If you're a vegan, I'm sorry. If you don't like eating animals, I'm sorry. It's not unhealthy, but an organically raised, unaltered piece of beef with salt on it is not bad for you. The problem is most people are getting their steaks from a farm that has thousands and thousands of cattle that are mistreated, that are given antibiotics, um, live in terrible conditions, and eat an unhealthy diet themselves. And then the meat is cleaned and essentially bleached and then preserved and packaged and sent across the country to you. And then you eat it (laughs) and you eat it with you know, your salt on it, but you're also having a side dish that is, you know, you know, stovetop stuffing that's got enough sodium to kill you in it by itself too. Plus a, you know, a glass of milk, you know, that's from the same, you know, herd of cows that's been mistreated and all. So you see what, what happens is the, the, the goodness and the wholesomeness of the nutrients has been destroyed through the process of how it gets to us. It's because we need, a, we need a way to produce this food and get it to lots and lots of people and there's a high demand for it. In our country, we're lucky enough that for a lot of us, we're able to afford whatever kind of food we want to get and we can get a lot of it and we just we overindulge. And it's changed the process of how we get and prepare and then eat our food. You know, So that also happens with glorifying foods. You know, like, hey, did you know that an acai berry is really, really good for you? It's got all these nutrients in it. Someone goes, what the heck is an acai berry? And then the next thing you know, every corner has an acai bowl store in it. And that becomes this new thing that's going to save us. When it's like, yeah, but blueberries grow here. And blueberries have amazing nutrient value as well. And there happens to be a farm in my county for that. There's multiple, you know, raspberries, strawberries, same stuff. So we, we, we just, as humans, we love these, like, what's the latest thing? What's the new thing? Um, you know, what's become popular or cutting edge or, oh, we did some scientific studies on this. And actually the way that this interacts with your body is actually better than a regular berry, you know? So we just are hungry for these, you know, we, we can blame these companies for advertising and marketing to us in a, in a dishonest way. But in reality, we love it. We eat it up, you know? We can't get enough of it, you know? Uh, The Got Milk campaign was amazing. They got every celebrity that existed in the 90s to do a photo shoot just to get one picture of them with a milk mustache. It was incredible. It was well done, you know? And they're like, hey, by the way, we've got skim milk that's got way less fat than whole milk in it. And that's better for you because fat is terrible. It makes you fat. It's like, no, you need to eat fat. Fat is a very, very important part of your diet. You need to eat it. It's just the problem is 
if you eat too much of it and you don't move, you're going to get fat. These are literal like certainties that will happen with your body. So as we became more and more sedentary, it was easy to demonize these, you know, especially fat and cholesterol because, you know, the negative outcomes they had, but it was because you're not moving your body. You know, you're getting the, the nutrient is too readily available to you and you're not moving enough. You're not earning your way to get to it. Right. So, um, those two things kind of went hand in hand, the, the availability of nutrients versus the, um, scarcity of movement when it should be the other way around the scarcity of the nutrient and the, your ability to abundantly move the, that scale needs to tip the other direction, you know? Um, and that is, you know, the big difference in, you know, 150 years ago versus now in how we get our food and what we eat and all of that is, is completely flip-flopped. Um, and, and, it, and it seems like we're, we're just so interested in scientific advancement and reinventing things that don't really need to be reinvented. It's like reinventing the wheel. I love that saying. You don't need to reinvent the wheel. It's circular. It rolls. Beautiful. Move on, right? Earth provides all of these beautiful foods for us. We just harvest them and eat them. Simple, right? Not so much anymore, right? And that's, and that's frustrating. So the question then becomes, how do we battle against these things? How do we, how do we fight this? Well, it's going to be tough because there's so many of these companies that are that have a lot of money invested in it and they're going to keep pushing out, you know, all of this different, you know, pseudoscience and, and marketing and trying to get, you know, get you on their side, you know, and like things like the FDA don't really help us because all you need to be FDA approved is a couple studies that support your findings and or show that there's no harm from what what this is a couple studies that's not that's not very diligent in my opinion so it's not that the fda is bad it's just i don't think that they're doing enough um to protect us in our in our food and in in what we you know what we ingest via medications and vitamins and all these other things there you know a crazy thing that i that i heard about um with mcdonald's they figured out that if they served a burger with three pickles on it instead of four pickles that no one noticed and nobody cared, there was no blowback, there was no reduction in selling those burgers or anything, but by, but by removing one of those four pickles and serving their burger with only three pickles on it, they would save themselves millions of dollars a year. <laughs> That's where we're at with, it's not about the food. It's not about giving you a tasty, delicious piece of food that is also going to enrich your body. It's about just selling you something that you're going to eat, that you're going to get hooked on, that you're going to want and making money off of it and saving money where they can. They took a pickle out of, they had four pickles on the, I think it was the Big Mac and now they have three. Okay. Maybe if, if one of you goes to McDonald's, you can count the pickles. They're giving out 50 million of those babies a day. And by taking one pickle off of each one of those 50 million, they're saving lots of dough. And that's ultimately what their, their focus is in. Convincing you that you're going to enjoy this food, selling it to you and making money off of it. That's what they want. And now it's being ran by people that are in that greed mode, that money mode, that economic mode. And they just look at the numbers. They don't look at the 
you know, the, the downside of what they're feeding people. You know, they don't look at the, the health impacts that are going on. They just look at, does it meet requirements enough to, to be sold? And then they sell it, right? So how do we, how do we combat that? Well, um, speaking of McDonald's, we actually have the people, we the people have actually kind of made a dent in that. We've, we've spoken out. And the way that we do that is by voting with our dollars. Where do we put our money? What do we buy? Because if we stop going there, they're going to have to change. We start to say, hey, this is crap. We shouldn't be ingesting this. I'm not going to spend my money there anymore. You know, and, and we need to do that with a lot of different companies. And not and McDonald's is just an easy target because it's fast food and it's so well known. Uh, that's an easy one. But we got we got other companies that are equally as horrible but are under the guise of a health food. We've got companies like uh, Real Cheese that have a logo that says Real Cheese. And they'll throw that on a pizza box and like, oh, made with real, 100% real cheese. And you're thinking, great, real cheese is great for you, not fake cheese. And in reality, it's not that the cheese is real. It's that the company's name is real cheese. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's fake cheese with the name real cheese. It's crazy. So we have to stop buying that. If we stop buying that and, and they're like, well, people don't seem to really like this fake cheese that we call real cheese. They're going to have to adjust their practices because it's clear that we haven't done enough of that if these places still exist. The day that we start to see McDonald's shutting down on corners, you know, and Wendy's and Apple or um, Arby's and, you know, all the KFC and all these different places that are just absolutely dog crap for our bodies. When we start to see those places shut down, then we know that it's because we're spending our money in the right place. We can't rely on the government to shut these places down. We can't rely on the FDA to disapprove of these or the health organization to disapprove of these places. We can't wait on that. It it comes from us. We have the power, you know, and I feel like it's a struggle because they've got the chemistry down. They know how much sugar and how much salt to put in these products to make you want to eat them. I struggle with that. I'm not sitting on a high horse right now and telling you that all I eat is vegetables from my own garden and food that I hunt myself. It's not, I'm not even close to that. Is that ideal? Absolutely. I would, I would, I would love to get to a point where that's the case. I could, where I harvest all of my own food from the earth. That would be amazing, but I'm not even close to that. You know, I'm, I got a busy schedule. I know what it's like to try to pick up your kid from school and then get to practice and you got 10 minutes in between where maybe you can squeak through a drive through to grab something or you pick your kid up from, you know, his T-ball game and he's screaming about a happy meal and you're like, all right, I'm just going to get him a happy meal. I get it. I'm with you on that. What we got to do is we got to start to say to ourselves, what steps can I take to eliminate those situations? How can I prepare food at home that I know is a healthier choice and have it ready for those situations? How can I take that little bit of extra time when I have it to do those good things for myself and for my family? Because when we start to do that, we're going to start to make a dent in the bottom line for these companies and they're either going to go away or they're going to change their practices. And I'll tell you, there's an army of people out there that are trying their best to create better options for you. They're just fighting an uphill battle. 
you know, and, and we got to support those places with how we spend our money, you know, and, and it's not easy. It's decisions every single day. Food is one of the hardest ones. It, it's literally at, at multiple times a day we're having to make these correct choices on what we put in our body. And sometimes we're wrong and sometimes we don't have the time to think and sometimes we're frustrated, we're anxious, we're, we're, you know, we're being pushed through life so fast that we don't have time to slow down and think of these things. But ultimately that's going to make the difference. So when it comes to food, if it's an, if it's a whole food, natural nutrient, you need to be eating that. You need to get that into your body. So I'm here to tell you that cholesterol is not bad for you. Salt is not bad for you. Sugar is not bad for you. Um, meat is not bad for you. There, milk is not bad for you. There are nutrients within all of these things that our body demands to grow and to, and to re, you know, um, regenerate ourselves and build and, and, and sustain a healthy life. The, the key is actually getting the nutrient in its natural form and getting it into your body in the right amount, okay? So what you need to start doing is you just need to start looking at specific nutrients, what whole foods house those nutrients in large quantities and density, and go get those, eat those. I would say that that's even more important than exercise for the most part because an abundance of nutrients might lead you to gain a little bit of weight, but your your tissue is going to have the building blocks it needs. The, the processes of your body are going to have the, the building blocks they need um, to, to function and to keep you healthy. And then, of course, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of movement, obviously. So eat those things. Move your body. Go for a walk. You know, climb some rocks. Play some sports with your kids. Create some games. Crawl around on the floor. Lift up some heavy stuff every once in a while. It's not complicated. The things we need to be doing are not complicated. Getting out of this crazy web of deception and, and misinformed and, and lies, that's what that's going to be the difficult part to get out of. Okay. So that's something that I'm working on. I challenge you to do the same. Um, a, a few months ago, I decided that I was going to kind of guinea pig myself um, with a new diet where I, I just went through, you know, okay, here are the nutrients that I know you need for all these different things. Um, and then I, I looked up, okay, what foods, what whole foods are high concentrations of these nutrients? And then I tried my best to stick to eating just those foods as much as I could over the course of a month. And I feel like the more often that we do something like that, the more we can eliminate these things. We can start to take certain things off our shopping list. We can avoid certain restaurants. Um, we can start to bring better things to our, our, you know, our friends and family, and we can start to kind of combat against this, uh, this negative food industry that we're that we're in. Um, and I challenge. I know they're probably not going to hear this, but I challenge the leaders of these companies to try to put people first and do better because if they're that well-funded and have that much access to finding out the science, why aren't they putting that towards actual healthy, good things for the people of the United States? And that 
is ultimately, you know, that's going to be the big one. When we can get to the point where they start to make money off of positive things rather than negative things. Yeah, because those things are going to need to go hand in hand. You know, capitalism is going to stick around. The, the, the desire for money is going to stick around. Well, let's get them to make money off of good things instead of bad things. Um, so, yeah, so that's uh, that will top it off. That will be the, the last nugget there um, for this episode. So I hope you stick around uh, to listen to the rest of our third season. We're going to shoot for 12 episodes. Um, we're going to try to get some uh, some good featured guests in here uh, to do some interviews. We're going to keep talking about health, both physical and mental. We'll talk a little nutrition. Um, and we're going to keep getting on those uh, coaches uh, about how to be successful, how to focus on your goals, um, and just create you know the life that you want to live. So in closing, I appreciate you for listening. If you've gotten this far, leave us a comment, give us a like, a review, share this content you know, talk about it. Let me know what you think. Um, and if you have any ideas that coincide with the ideas in this podcast, please drop them. Let me know. It helps me become better myself. So I hope you live your life full of adventure, uh, find lots of movement, um, and keep pushing. I'm babe.